welcome back everyone to another episode of the official gears podcast where we're talking about everything from mouse ears to butter beers it is the guys of ears experience your your favorite gears brian and alan and we are continuing on with episode 75 of our podcast so again thank you for joining us alan how are things going in chicago doing all right doing all right finally starting to get a little cold here so uh yeah it was like 21 degrees yesterday and felt like eight um at about nine o'clock last night so <laughs> yeah get, getting chilly finally yeah um still no real measurable snow which is kind of an interesting thing for you know going into december almost middle of december so like we'll take it it's fine we'll take the no snow it just makes yeah. me worry about january and february and how bad that's gonna be but yeah doing all right well yeah. how's everything over there we uh it was 20 it's good it was 25 degrees this morning so it was pretty cold there yep um I went, I went running the other night, um, at, you know, it's, I think 45, but my face felt like it was like 18 degrees. It was just like all pink and everything when I was finished. Uh, but I'm trying to get, get ready for our race in January, which is another thing. Yeah. It's, it's not too cold here. So last time we, we tried this, uh, my windshield ended up cracking because, um, the ice and you know heavy snowstorm we had right before we took off to to Florida. So I'm I'm kind of hoping we don't have that same thing because I don't want to get snowed in. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean we don't usually get stuck snowed in, but yeah, I mean we, we have a long narrow driveway, Nashville but does. we don't usually get stuck. Well, uh, Na- Nashville shuts down for just about you know an inch of snow. We don't we don't know how to handle it here. DC was like that when I was up there too. It was like a dusting and then the whole city shuts down. You're like, it's, it's not even covering yeah. the grass. Like, what's this? Like, grass is still poking up through it. And you're like, oh, we're all closed. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, folks, if you're just coming back to us again, I hope we caught last week's episode. Last week's episode, we were talking about some of the changes uh, coming to Hollywood Studios. Not a huge set of changes over there since there's been so much going on with uh, the addition of Toy Story Land and Galaxy's Edge over the last couple of years. Um, but we did, did have some good information, you know, good information on some of the things going on over there. So I uh, hope you get a chance to go back and check that out. Uh, and in this episode, we're going to continue our series where we're talking about all the different changes that are happening or have already happened lately around Walt Disney World Resort. And in this episode, we're going to talk about Epcot. There's a lot going on at Epcot. There are. Like, there's a lot of things going on at Epcot, uh, which I, I was ex- excited to put this series together and you know we kind of got that a little too boring not boring but i mean the, the parks that didn't have a whole lot of action going on uh, we got them out of the way <laughs> so now we're about to hit the two big ones um and i mean really we could we can turn these episodes we're not just so you guys are aware but we could turn these into a like two hour episodes a piece that there's so many different things going on in the parks that have changed over the last couple of years so uh, but i'm excited to get this one going yeah so uh, let's dive in and let's start talking about Epcot and what's going on over there. So like what kind of things are currently missing at Epcot? What still hasn't come back since COVID? Well, I mean, listen, if you guys listen to a lot of the episodes, you understand that there's a theme um, with with us and it mostly revolves around dining. So mm-hmm. let's just start there. Um Akershush, the Royal Banquet Hall, which is Disney's uh, or Epcot's princess character meal. Uh, it's got, you know, Belle in her yellow gown um, and a lot of the other favorite princesses that you can see around Epcot is still currently closed, which is just a, you know, 
it's a Debbie Downer for me. That's one of my favorite restaurants. It's it's so easy to uh, manipulate that where you get your your breakfast or your lunch, and then um, you can skip the lines going around the rest of the the, the characters throughout mm-hmm. the park. So um, that one's still currently t- uh, unavailable. Uh, again, you know, it's a good good meal. Um, Monsieur Paul is still currently closed. Restaurant Marrakesh is closed. Uh, and I don't know. That one's not coming back. I don't think it? it's coming back. So I, I, from my understanding, I don't think it is either. Um, they kind of lost the contract f- with the company that yeah. was doing the Morocco um, dining and, and details. So they've reopened mm-hmm. the quick service restaurant, which we're going to talk about um, yep. as a Disney owned restaurant. But the other is just kind of sitting. I don't know if they're. Yeah. I don't know if anything's coming yeah, back. We, we haven't soon. gotten. We haven't gotten word on officially that, but our understanding is it's not coming back. Um, and then the one in Japan, uh, Takumi Tai, uh, is a very good restaurant, and it is still currently unavailable. So uh, I'm not too disappointed in any of these, really, except for the Akershush, because there's so many other things to eat around Epcot. And you don't necessarily need a sit-down meal at Epcot because there's so many snack options, especially if you go during one of the festivals. But if you do love a really good meal, there's uh, four restaurants right there that are all table service that are taken off your option, uh, taken away as options for you to have. So a uh, little disappointing, but uh, we imagine two of those be coming back real soon. Um, three of those should be coming back real soon. And we're not sure about Restaurant Marrakesh. Yeah, hopefully they'll all be back. Um, I haven't had the experience of Takumi Tai, have you? I haven't eaten at either of the restaurants um, in Japan, actually. Only quick service. I have not done Takumi Tai. My brother-in-law, who's a huge food critic, um, has done it and says it is, is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I've done the quick service there. Sure um, yeah. And then the other one is is kind of mm-hmm. like a, a Benihana, hibachi, they cook at your table kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just, I haven't done Japan yet. I have to get some of the Japan. It's good. Yeah. I like Japan. I like, I like the quick service too. Yeah, the quick service is good. I re- I always enjoyed that. So I think that's why there's so many food options in Epcot that I guess it just hasn't been high on my list. But when we get a snack over there, uh, getting ready for something else, it's always really good. Yeah, which other than France and Canada, I think um, most of your quick service are just um, watered down versions of the table service restaurants out there. In a lot of ways, yeah. So. And, and they're not bad. So you're so. getting the same, yeah. So you're, you're getting the same quality of food, um, just maybe not as much of it. Yeah, there's a lot of great quick services at Epcot, and in addition to all the amazing table services that are there. So um, attraction wise, what's going on with the attractions? Uh, happy to say that there is zero attractions still not open um, from prior to COVID. So basically, everything at Epcot has reopened. Um, no attractions are still closed other than things that are still to come haven't opened yet. Um, so that's a great option. Great to know, you know, Epcot is fully back. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was shocked. I was thinking there was a couple other, um, movies or turtle talk for crush that, you know, things like that, that I thought were still closed. Um, but I, there's nothing on the list. So there are a few things that says current times are unavailable, but that usually just means they don't have a set schedule yet yeah. that, you know, they change on a daily basis. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's exciting. Cause that is, I believe is the first park to have all their attractions reopened. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So good information. Um, yeah. So, um, 
you know, that kind of helps us out uh, because, you know, some of the other parks, we've had a lot of attractions to kind of talk about. But uh, let's talk about entertainment. This is a this is a tricky one, in my opinion. Yeah, um, there's still I I think a good part of it still goes to what's going on with the college program, and the international program. So there's still a lot of entertainment missing from Epcot. It's coming back, but there's still a lot of things missing. Um, I mean, the, the big thing is when you go through Epcot and you have the international folks in each country from each country, I think it's a huge, I think it's a huge thing people don't realize. Like, I don't mind going to Epcot and, you know, having it being all American or locals. Um, but it just really adds to it when you go, you know, to each pavilion and, and there are native folks from that country at each pavilion. Um, you know, and this has been a real problem because of, you know, international travel with COVID. Um, you know, we just started opening the borders again to international travel. Um, so, you know, it, this is kind of out of Disney's hands. You can't go out and bring internationals over um, to work at Epcot if, you know, the, the countries are closed mm-hmm. to the U.S. Um, so there's that. Um, and, and so in part of that, many of the traditional entertainment that you've seen throughout the parks hasn't been there either. Um, I don't think we have tumblers in the acrobats back at China yet. I haven't seen them. I don't think so either. Um, the drummers did come back to Japan. So that's cool. I, I think some yeah. of them may have been local. I, I think they were they're They're Japanese performers, but I think they're local to the U S now. Um, yeah. So that might've been a little easier to bring that contract back. Um, but there's still quite a few options that, for entertainment mm-hmm. that haven't come back yet. And there's a lot of great entertainment we typically have at Epcot. Yeah. I know, uh, I think the ones in Canada are missing. Um, I know there's there's a performance going on over there, but I don't believe it's the the original one that was there prior to COVID. Yeah, the kilt um, group. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they used to have drummers over there at the African Outpost. Um, and th- those guys are not back yet. Uh, I have not seen the Chinese dragons mm-hmm. out and I, I could just be missing them. Um, so, I mean, there's still a lot that, you know, I'm, I'm with you. The, the people from the native countries and their pavilions just really adds to it. I have nothing wrong, you know, nothing against, you know, a park full of, you know, uh, for lack of better words, American workers in it. But, um, you miss the accents, you miss the little stories of tradition, especially places like Norway and uh, some of the others, but you really miss that right now. Uh, yeah. So it'd be nice to, when they get all of them back, um, because you can hear the drummers in Japan uh, over in Canada. You can hear, um, or you can see the Chinese dragons flying in China when you're over by France yeah. and things like that. So, uh, it just kind of adds the excitement that you want to go to the next pavilion. Um, you, you look forward to that because you know that there's something good over there. Well, the voices of Liberty, the voices of Liberty are amazing if you haven't listened to them and they've been performing for the longest time outside on the, um, yeah. on that pavilion concert stage, whatever the show stage they do outside in front of American Adventure, which is fine. It's nothing like inside. No, it is not. Well, they're not in their traditional um, Victorian costume at the moment. They're in, you know, contemporary costumes and and they're amazing to listen to. But when you put them in costume and you put them in um, the lobby of the American Adventure under that rotunda, it is just, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. And even if you're not a huge, like, folk music fan and things like that, it they are worth a listen every time um, 
I always make people go in there and do it. And they're like, oh, I've never done that. And that was amazing. Yeah. Like they're hysterically incredible. Like it's why I, mm-hmm. you have to do it. Um, so it'd be nice to have them back, you know, where they traditionally belong as well. But yeah, we do have um, a lot of our characters back, which we've mentioned on a lot of our episodes. Um, but all your favorite princesses are pretty much back now, which is which is great. Um, that really helps out, except for uh, I think I've seen Aurora out, but I'm not 100% sure that Aurora is back full time. Um, but that that does help with the entertainment that a lot of the characters are back out roaming around as well. Yeah, I mean, they're there where they were traditionally found before. They're still kind of roped off, so you can't get super close to them. Um, but they're out and available to interact with you, which is great. Good to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's talk about what's new. What changes have we seen over, let's just say, the past two years? Because there's some things that some people may not may have missed. Um, but over the past year plus, what, what are some of the newer things that we've seen? Uh, so the biggest one that was delayed, 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 but has finally come to life uh, is the Space 220 restaurant at uh, Epcot. So this is attached basically to uh, Mission Space. It's just right in between Mission Space and Test Track, but you have to basically go up to the entrance area of Mission Space. It's to the right where the attraction is kind of to the left. Um, and you get to go in there. So it's that's where it is, obviously. And um, the it's themed after going into space and and dining on a space station in orbit around the earth, which I think is pretty amazing. So you go inside and they Mm -hmm. take you up this, um, you know, space elevator up to the space station. And once you um, enter onto the space station, there's like a half a wall um, of screens to space where you, you know, windows to space where you can see the curvature of the earth. And there's some different astronauts that will go by every now and then and things. Um, So it, it is pretty cool. Um, it is a price fix menu, so it, it's got a flat fee when you go in, um, and the pricing is it's interesting. So uh, it's for adults, it's fifty five dollars for lunch and seventy nine dollars for dinner. Um, the difference is lunch you get uh, a lift off, which is an appetizer, and a star course, which is your entree, uh, and then for the evening you also get a supernova suite, which is a dessert. So the lunch doesn't come with dessert. You can buy a dessert if you want to. Um, but for the $55, you just get basically an appetizer and an entree. And then for dinner, it adds a dessert for another $24. Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. it, people have said the food is good, but it's interesting. So they've gone through some like space-themed <laughs> things. There's like, you know, I've seen blue shrimp and some interesting things in there. Um I mean, they have some interesting choices. So for appetizers, they've got, you know, a calamari, uh, a tuna tartare, um, different lettuces, different salads. Um, There's tempura fried cauliflower. So there's quite a few interesting little things there. Um, For some of the main courses, there's seared tuna, uh, a centauri burger, um, roasted free range chicken. I don't know how they get chicken in space, but okay. Or the burger. Um, (laughs) There's a terra bolognese. It's a corn linguine, tempo ragu, and macadamia nut ricotta with zucchini and mushroom. That to me sounds pretty interesting. I haven't seen anybody try that one yet. Um, uh, there's a salmon, a, a flat iron steak, and um, a baked macaroni, which is a, a pasta dish. Um, kind of interesting for kids. They have you know a, a salmon, a burger, a spaghetti, chicken, macaroni, cheese. Um, 
cool little options. It's the food of the pictures I'm seeing look great. Some of the things people have said are really, really good are some of the, the basics, the steak, the tuna, um, the salmon. So kind of curious about those. There are some different uh, entrees for the dinner portion. So when you get to dinner, um, instead of the flat iron steak, you have a, a filet mignon. Um, you have a short rib option um, and then duck and snapper instead of just the salmon. Those are always kind of interesting. Um, mostly the same details for kids. Um, they do have a steak and fries for kids, which I think is kind of a cool option. Um, and the desserts, they have a cupcake, a sorbet, gelato. They have, um, there's a lounge. So there's obviously some, some pretty interesting, um, alcoholic or non-alcoholic beverages. And, uh, they actually have some dessert drinks. So I don't know. It, it's a very interesting menu. I'm looking forward to trying this. I think yeah. we have a reservation for this when we go in January, don't we? We do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and they also have a lounge that, mm-hmm. um, you know, is, is, a, you know, you can go and get some drinks and I think some appetizers. So, um, a couple of different options there, but it, it is, I've seen the same thing. Res, uh, reviews of the food has been really good. It is different looking, but that's kind of been the theme with um, Pandora and Galaxy's Edge is, you know, we're going to start offering some out of this world type menu options. Um, it's still a lot of the ingredients that we know. It's just named different and it looks different. Yeah. So uh, but it's, it does look very good. Yeah. And most of the food I've like every like I said, most of the food people are saying is pretty good. Mm hmm. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we also had Tangerine Cafe come back. So this is one of those we were talking about over in Morocco. Uh, it's a quick service uh, and it is traditional Moroccan cuisine, like kebabs and falafel pitas. Um, uh, what's the uh, hummus details, things like that. Um, yeah. So again, Morocco, there's, there's something interesting going on with Morocco. So um it's all been taken over by Walt Disney world. So there's no outside company there. Mm-hmm. So good to see the tangerine cafe come back with some, um, Moroccan cuisine and options. Uh, it, it's kind of cool. So I gotta admit that I had no idea where falafel came from, <laughs> uh, where the, what the word was until, you know, I, I saw the menu for that. Uh, but it was, it's one of my favorite, um, words to use as a substitute cuss word. So, um, you know, anytime I would, you know, be upset about something, I'd say, oh, falafel. Uh, and I, but I had no idea where it came from. So <laughs> now I know. That's pretty funny. But I, I do like um, the the kebabs uh, over there look really good. And I, I love the kebabs that they have over at uh, Universal Studios. So I'm excited to try the ones over at Tangerine Cafe. Um, kebabs are one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's another area. I've, but I've tried the... Um... They have a couple of different like empanada style, like Moroccan empanada mm-hmm. style options over there um, at the quick service. I've had those. So they were really good. Um, and, and then the only other place I really hit in Morocco is the lounge, the, the slushy thing outside. So they have some really interesting <laughs> slushy drinks. Yeah. 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 Oh, so. All right. So if you're, I mean, this is something you and I haven't really experienced because we don't go in the front entrance. Uh, we typically go in the, the back entrance to World Showcase. Um, but if you guys go through the front entrance of Epcot, if you're coming from Magic Kingdom or your resort, um, 
of the monorail station, you will notice that the the front entrance has been completely redesigned, and no longer are the um, I can't think of what those statues were called with all the names on them. Oh, the legacy, um, the legacy wall. Yes. Yeah, the legacy monument wall is that those are no longer there. Um, they have been replaced with fresh, smooth concrete, which leads up to uh, the new fountain in front of Spaceship Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new walking path layout. And then if you're there long enough, you stick around till dark, you get to see the iridescent lighting on Spaceship Earth, which we've talked about uh, on the last couple, well, couple episodes. I really love the sleek new look of the front entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not completely finished. They don't, they are redoing a, a couple of the, the stores up there at the front. Um, I imagine the monorail station will go under a couple uh, renovations here and there um, to clean up some things. And then the character meets that are up there as well. So they'll, they'll get a fresh up look, mm-hmm. uh, new look as well. But so far the new entrance looks great and I love the fountain and I love spaceship mm-hmm. earth at night. It's yeah. just, it's beautiful. So in addition to the points of light to make it the, you know, the point of light for the 50th anniversary, you're right. They did do a whole new lighting package. So, you know, the spaceship earth ball had lights projected on it and it made really cool colors and stuff. It has been redone to give it that iridescent look. Mm-hmm. I think it looks amazing. Even without the points mm-hmm. of light, the new lighting package, it's just, it's a little more vibrant, a little brighter. Um, it's really cool. But then when you add the points of light that they did on it, I think that's one of the best additions they've done to Epcot in a long time. And it's just lights. Who would have known yeah. that you could just add a light to each one of those little cross points on the ball and it would make an amazing impact. It's so cool. I, I think that's one of the best, best additions they've done um, to an update it's, like that. It's amazing. It's amazing. It took that long to do it. And, and mm-hmm. to me, I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, whichever guy thought of that or person thought of that um, should immediately be promoted. Yeah. It's like, I mean, so then of course it's not just that there's lights at every little point cross point there, but then they are led lights. They change colors. Mm -hmm. They have patterns um, that they do. And it's like a a whole show they do to music. Uh, You know, the way spaceship earth, like looks like it rotates and everything like it's just phenomenal. And even with that too, the kind of archways around, you know, cause you, when you come in the turnstiles, the tap points or whatever at the entrance, it's kind of a half circle arch. And then once you go inside, mm-hmm. the buildings kind of arch towards spaceship earth. Mm-hmm. So on either right side, left side, um, they put new led lighting in through the, the kind of canopy of those too. So that kind of changes colors and rotates around, um, in sync with everything else that's going on up there. It's just the amazing lighting package that they did. Um, you know, like you said, putting the flags back in, um, in the new planners that represent the different pavilions and and neighborhoods, the fountain being redone to way it was like when it first opened with the big cylinder pylon things, such a nice, nice update. That's Mm -hmm. one of the best. It it was much needed too. like those, you walk in through the, the, the tap points, um, that you mentioned and it just felt old. It felt dirty. Um, it didn't, you know, that, that whole section is supposed to be futuristic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have, have a little bit of that feel to it. And it didn't feel that way. It just felt like an old seventies, uh, outer space movie. Well, you know, it, and it the legacy walls, something. I get the idea of what they were, but I don't, it, it took away from the view. It totally took away from the view and those are still there. So if you paid to have, you know, your 
your picture engraved on one of the legacy walls. They've moved them um, just outside the park. So in between like mm-hmm. the where the parking trams used to stop and the um, entrance tap points, there's walls that they put all those up on. So you can still go and find yourself and you're still there. But I don't yeah. know, it, it almost felt kind of, we joked about it. It was like the tombstones when you came into Epcot. It felt kind of morbid. Yeah. Like, oh, this is when my grandparents yeah. were here and they're gone now. I'm like, okay, it's great that you have that legacy memory, but is that yeah. what you want to see walking into Epcot? Like, I don't it's- know. I understand it because, you know, you you walk through up to Magic Kingdom, you've got all the bricks with the family's names, you know, circa 1992, whatever, you know, yeah. whenever they purchased those bricks. It didn't feel the same at Epcot. It didn't. I think the bricks were really cool. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't. I don't know. We are not on a legacy wall. I have friends who are on legacy walls, but we did I not do that. I don't want to be on a legacy wall. No, no. Um, no. The bricks, I think, would be cool. And, and it's kind of too bad they didn't do they didn't continue the bricks because there's that yeah. walkway could go all the way around, but um, mm-hmm. especially now with the new path to um, yeah, uh, Grand Floridian. So, but yeah, well, we have a new nighttime spectacular at a uh, World Showcase that we've mentioned several times. But you know, once you pass through uh, Spaceship Earth and you head towards World Showcase, you you see it immediately. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talk about it during the daytime; it's a little bit of an eyesore, but at night it's pretty cool. Yeah. So Harmonious opened October first. Um, when you Get out to the World Showcase Lagoon. There is one giant black metal ring um, out there. And then four of these like big teardrop, half teardrop shaped islands, basically. And they're they're big LED walls. Um, I haven't really seen. They're supposed to be doing something with music and the water fountains on them during the day to help kind of hide these just Mm -hmm. big black barges sitting out there. Um, That hasn't happened yet. They're still working on it. But um, at, yeah, at night, Harmonious is getting great reviews. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's these four big double-sided uh, half teardrop shaped video screens and fountains and lighting. And um, there's lighting and this arm that comes off of each of those fountain, those teardrop things. I mean, it's a pretty amazing thing that they're doing. Um, I don't think the videos have done it justice, but we know some agents that have been and they said they really enjoyed it. So I am yeah. looking forward to seeing it live um, and in person and see how it goes. Yep. The music has kind of grown on me. I wasn't sure if I liked the music when I first heard it. And I, it's not just because it's new. Um, it was the the whole um, taking current Disney songs and um, translating them into other languages and things, which I think really fits Epcot. It's a great idea, but I don't know. It's taken a little bit for the music to kind of grow on me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're saying in, um, you know, Frozen when they, they they sing it in, you know, Norwegian or what a yeah. Dutch, Norwegian. Um, but and then, you know, Milan and yeah, just a different language. It's hard for me to follow. I love the soundtrack, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 one of my favorites, I think, that they've done in uh, several years. Um, but I think as far as watching the show, I think it's all about your point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're in certain spots, you're going to be blocked from some of the other, um, the, the things floating out the water, the barges. Um, so you're going to miss part of the show. You, you're going to miss some of the projections and things. So, uh, it is all about point of view. 
we would help you guys uh, figure out where the best part, part is to watch the show. Um, yep. But yeah, it's, it's getting really good reviews and we didn't think it would to begin with. So. Yeah, we, we were we were skeptical. I don't know. It, it, uh, yeah. There was a lot of hype about it. And then I saw, you know, mm-hmm. when they did the live stream and I'm like, uh, what? Um, but yeah, it's, it's grown on me. Um, I like where they're trying to go with it. But yeah. The one thing I just Maybe. wish it had, I wish it had like an entry and an exit, like an, an intro and an outro that talked about, yeah. you know, how, when we all sing together, that's how we come together and it's harmonious or something, something that explained what the show is. Um, and I think that was missing even at illuminations. Cause like, you know, it was the whole creation of earth and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, but if you didn't know, if you didn't like read the cover about what this show is, <laughs> like, why is there flames? What's going on here? Like it, it was mm-hmm. interesting. So I was hoping that there would, you know, when you go to the magic kingdom and you see the, sh- the show with the magic kingdom, there's always some sort of story that, br- that brings it alive. You know, think about yeah. happily ever after. I mean, you know, that, that was a pretty yeah. obvious one. So that that's, I wish it had a little bit of like, you know, when we sing together, you know, it's when we're most harmonious or something like that. I think it would have been really good, but I'm looking forward to seeing it in uh, person. Yeah, Animal Kingdom. Their their nighttime show has a very similar style. Like they 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 have some small speech ahead of the show as well. Well, it's uh, daytime. Projections on Tree of Life. Oh yeah, yeah, at Tree of Life. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, well, I, those are all really good things. Um, Space T twenty probably is one of the biggest ones that we've talked about to up to this point. Uh, but let's just talk about probably the biggest change to Epcot. And it's, you know, the, the new France pavilion, um, which really isn't a new pavilion. France has been there since the beginning. However, they've added an addition to it, which is a fairly large area that they've completed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more than just the attraction we're going to talk in a minute. I mean, they, they've got a couple of different restaurants there. They have a really nice bathroom there that Brie went uh, and talked about with us. Um but then they also have a couple of different areas for um, some really cool photo opportunities. You've got some, um, oh shoot, they're not segways. The um, European motorcycles. Oh, uh, the scooters? Yes, what are they called? The Vespas. Yes, they've got a couple of Vespas out there that you guys can take some pictures on. Um, and then you've got the, uh, if you turn around, you've, you've got the uh, Gusteau's. Uh, sign that you can take some pictures in front of. You can also take some pictures across the waterway that looking over to beach club um, and the water taxis. So, I mean, that whole area back there is a really nice addition. It's very beautiful. Uh, And then it also has a ride that we're all looking forward to getting on. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and there's the, the fountain right out front of the ride. That's pretty cool to check out. So uh, we are talking about Remy's Ratatouille adventure. So this is basically a clone of the attraction that is at Disneyland Paris. So it's been uh, brought to the U.S. and and assembled here at Epcot. Um, It's getting some pretty cute reviews, too. So people say it's a really cute ride. Basically, you shrink down to the size of a rat and you ride in a um, big rat-shaped motion-based vehicle. Um, It's trackless. It's similar to what's going on at um, Runaway Railway or um, Rise of the Resistance. So it's the vehicles follow a guide in the in the basically in the concrete, but it's technically mm-hmm. trackless. Um, so the vehicles can move and do their own thing, which is kind of cool. 
Um, but you shrink down to the size of a rat and you go through and you see some of the story about Remy and his family and what's going on um, as part of the Ratatouille movie. So I think it looks pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, and it is one of the rise resistance may be kind of scary for for some younger kids. Um, I don't think Remy's Ratatouille is, is very. I mean, it shouldn't scare anybody mm-hmm. if, they're, if they're big enough to do it. It should be fine for everybody. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely a, a family favorite or will be once everybody gets a chance to do it. Um, and we've got some news on that uh, that we're going to talk about a little later. But I'm looking forward to writing it as well. I think it's a very cute movie. And then I just think that bringing that movie to life with an attraction is, is awesome. So, uh, and then periodically during festivals and other things, guests may get a chance to see a couple of the characters from uh, Ratatouille out mm-hmm. there as well. So mm-hmm. uh, you just have to keep a lookout on those. Well, um, and like you said, this is what this is one that's good for everybody. There is no height restriction <laughs> for Remy's, so everybody can yep. go on it. So that's yep. cool. And we. We wouldn't be ourselves if we didn't mention uh, the quick service over there. Um, there's a couple different options. They're in the same spot, but uh, my French is horrible. So, you know, please save your emails for something else that I've messed <laughs> up. Uh, but the La Creperie de Paris offers uh, your savory galettes and sweet creeps at a restaurant inspired by the Brittany region of France. Um I like creeps. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. I've never Crepe. actually been told how to. Okay, crepe. whatever. Uh, I'm Southern, so <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a crepe. But uh, they are very good snacks. Um, so I, I we didn't get a chance. They were not open last time we were there, so I'm excited to go and get one this time. Um, the wait times for these have died out a little bit before you had to kind of you know wait a long time to, to experience any of the food there. Um but it is quick service, so that is that is the best part about it. Well, there's both, and... actually. Are there? Yes, there's both. There's a quick service, and there's supposed to be a table service there as well. I didn't think the table service was open, but I, maybe I missed that one. See, that, that's what you can email me about. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was supposed to have a quick service window and a table service. Yeah. Um, I know they're, they're right next to each other, mm-hmm. so I just didn't know if the table service was open, but... Um, we're going to look it up real quick. Uh, yeah, I'm double checking. Um, it is showing. Yes, there is a tail service in there. Is it open? Mm-hmm. Well, okay then. Yes. The, so there's... Um, it, it's got some additional cuisine too. So... If we look at like a lunch menu on it, um, you're looking at uh, the galettes, which are buckwheat crepes. Uh, and, you know, there's a ham, egg and Swiss. There's like a chicken bechamel cheese sauce and mushroom. There's a smoked salmon, creme fraiche and uh, chives lemon on a salmon one. Um, there's some pretty cool, like those great savory ones. And then if you want to go for the dessert type, you know, there's hazelnut chocolate spread chocolate spread with whipped cream, um, caramelized apples, uh, like a creme, creme beer sauce. Um, there's a whole pear with chocolate ganache and whipped cream. Um, you can add a shot to any crepe. So they have a Grand, Mar- Grand Marnier rum or Calvados uh, that you can put kind of as an over, over pour drizzle on some of those. Um, banana caramel. Uh, there's, there's some pretty interesting little bit of everything so full disclosure i was on this page and i was reading all this and for some reason i considered the the quick service i don't know why 
It clearly says casual dining right here at the top. So I combined <laughs> both of them. Yeah, they're both there. They're both there. If you just want a quick one to go, you can get it at the quick service window. But if you want to sit for a few minutes and have uh, a really cool yeah. crepe or galette. And like I said, they're right They're right next to each other. So um, yes. that, that's the issue. Um, but well, all right. I love a good crepe. I don't know about you. Um, so when I went to France, yeah. I, I did a lot of the... Um, uh, crepe vendors on the street out walking around and like you can get like the ham and cheese it's like a ham and cheese sandwich they fold them kind of into a triangle and um obviously like the um the nutella ones with the chocolate sauce and stuff are amazing mm-hmm. uh, and there was always the little crepe stand um in france near the water so we usually got you know a chocolate nutella crepe to share when we were there so looking forward to trying these other ones i think they sound really good yeah they do um, and then there's something at the French pavilion that has been there for a little while, but guests may not have known about it, um, because it does rotate for one and it is a fairly new attraction, but, uh, it is over there behind all your favorite, um, French areas, the shopping and the, the ice cream and everything. And, um, it's one we tried to see last time, but was not available. We missed it. I've seen it once. So, um, we, when we went, we, we just, there are certain times of the day, but we're talking mm-hmm. about, um, in the French in the France pavilion and you go to the back um, where they have impressions of France, the movie about France. They're also now doing the beauty and the beast sing along, which has been pretty popular. Um, Mm -hmm. But you go in and it's, you know, scenes from beauty and the beast with the words across the bottom of the screen. So everybody's encouraged to sing along uh, and enjoy some of the music from beauty and the beast. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I, I mean, I love a good sing along. You know, Frozen, the Frozen sing-along show is amazing. But this one was different to me just because it seemed like they changed some of the storyline of Beauty and the Beast, where all of a sudden it's from LeFou's point of view, where LeFou is the whole reason that Beast and Belle got together. And I'm like, what? Where did that storyline come from? He, he likes to kind of make up his own version of things, how he's Gaston's best friend and, you know, all this. And it's just, True. it's it's what's in True. his head. So True. It was a very um, interesting, like, take on it. But it was a lot of fun and it was cool to see. Yeah. Um, kind of like oh, the Lion King one and a half, where it was Timon and, Pimp- uh, Timon and Pumbaa's point of view. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I I do like the sing-alongs. Um, I think Frozen, uh, the Frozen sing-along is geared towards the the younger uh, kids uh, that know that story. And I think the Beauty and the Beast is geared towards more of us adults that had that story when we were younger. So uh, I can't, I mean, I, I don't want to say I can't wait to see it, but I'm, I'm excited to see it next time we go. Just because we tried last time and they were showing uh, Impressions of France. And I was yeah. like, nah, it's, yeah, we, so we missed it. Uh but yeah, that one's that one's fairly new. If you guys haven't had a chance to check that one out, uh, we we definitely suggest it. It's gotten very good reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's talk what's coming. I think we've gone over just about all the changes. I mean, Epcot's currently consistently going over changes, so mm-hmm. uh, we can make this a two-hour episode. But let's talk about what's coming. What, what's something new that pretty soon, if you've got a map of Epcot, you're going to have to change your maps because they're going to be so out of date. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the biggest changes happening to Epcot, um, in addition to the entrance is the, the redefining of the neighborhoods. So there's new neighborhoods that are coming. So you used to have, you know, future world and world showcase. Um, mm-hmm. but now that's a future world area is kind of being divided into 
three different neighborhoods. So the neighborhoods you're going to have are World Celebration. So this is um, the center area. So this is where you're going to find um, Spaceship Earth and the new Creation, creation Shop, um, the new Club Cool, uh, some greenery areas and things that are right there. So it's, it's kind of the center area going out from Spaceship Earth towards World Showcase. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you have World Nature. So World Nature is off to the right-hand side as you're going in from the main entrance. Um, this includes a you know, journey into imagination, the land, the living seas, where you can find awesome planet. Um, and so where there was a big building there that was part of um, the imagination set factory and everything that was there, a new section is coming in um, that is the journey of water inspired by Moana. So this is like a walkthrough area. Um, so I believe they're bringing more of like the jumping fountains that you find back by imagination mm-hmm. in. Um, some waterfalls and things going on that will have some cool um, interactive uh, elements to them with water. So that's all going to be to the right-hand side as you go in from Spaceship Earth. And then going into the left-hand side from Spaceship Earth, um, that's where you have uh, Test Track currently, Mission Space with the new Space 220 restaurant. And off to the left there, um, coming in 2022, the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind roller coaster, indoor roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, this makes sense the neighborhoods to me i don't know a lot of people were like this is little you know just small news or whatever but you know before it was innovations east and west mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like yeah y'all, y'all can't do better than that so yeah. now they have so uh I, this one this one makes sense to me um because it just felt weird you know when you're trying to yeah. navigate um, before you were like, well, what part of the park are you in? If you're talking to somebody on the phone, I'm like, well, I'm at innovations or what, you know, they're like, where at, that's a pretty large area. Now you can narrow yeah. it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're walking in versus we're walking towards test track or we're walking towards living with the land. Now you have an area that you can, you can say you're going to, um, but you mentioned guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind. So let's talk about that one, because I know this is the biggest thing that you and I are excited to see. And unfortunately, we're not going to get to see it until uh, probably the summer of 2022. However, we, we we do think that they'll have a soft opening for it prior to. We just we do not have a date yet. Yeah. Um, but it is going to be Disney's first ride to feature a reverse launch, which I think is just so cool. Mm-hmm. And launch, we're talking like if you've gone on a rock and roller coaster, that's a launch. Yeah. So what we mean by reverse launch is you will be facing backwards when that attraction launches. So I think that's pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. Uh, The other things that are coming into this, this will be the uh, first inside roller coaster with cars that rotate a full 360 degrees. So, I mean, there's never been one, an indoor coaster like this. Um, You know, we talked a little bit about um, the, dinosaur attraction that is gone primeval world that was a free spinning 360 yeah. degree roller coaster and it was outside these are controlled so that the vehicle automatically points you where they want you to look so that sounds pretty cool too yeah and we now have the reason why um these are controlled for the 360 degrees uh and it's because Disney just announced that the ride will feature selection of animatronics. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they'll fe- feature a lot of our favorite characters from the fields, including Gamora, Star-Lord, Rocket, Drax, and Groot. Um, and then actress Glenn Close is confirmed to reprise her role as Nova Prime for the ride as well. So, um, so I think she's really going to be on a screen. Um, yeah. But the other uh, other animatronics, I think, is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be in the mm-hmm. pre-show area or if they're going to be like in the actual ride itself. Um, but either way, like that's pretty based cool. Based on... Based on some of the concept art that we've seen, I feel like there might be a few here and there within the ride, or at least maybe up on walls or something, you know, something for you. Cause what, you know, they wouldn't spin you for a certain way unless you want, they want you to look at something, but yeah, it's definitely cool. I imagine it's going to be like the, the pre-show as they've done a lot of them, but I'm, I'm excited to kind of see them throughout the ride. So we're waiting to get more information on that as well. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it led me to believe that they were going to be in the ride. So. Yeah. Uh, it, that sounds pretty cool. I can't wait to see that. Some of the new attra- the new animatronics we've had come out have been pretty amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm sure these will be great too. Um, yeah. So this has also uh-huh. got some interesting features, right? Yeah. So, um, so this is going to be featured in Epcot's other world, uh, which is going to be their first pavilion of, you know, something that's not local to this planet. Um, so we're excited to kind of see what that turns into, but with it being kind of over there near uh, space two twenty and mission space and all that, um, it's they're, they're getting a theme with that area over there now with the whole space thing. So it's kind of interesting to see the direction they're going with that. Um, and we have a, um, we have a name for that area. Yeah. So the, building basically that you're going to go into is going to be uh, the wonders of Xandar. So the Xandarians have traveled to earth and they're um, letting guests learn more about their culture and technology. And it all seems to be great. Like a typical, you know, Disney attraction until something happens to go awry. And uh, (laughs) the guardians of the galaxy show up and they lead us on this exciting intergalactic adventure. Um, Everything's got a great storyline. You know, Disney's always got everything's perfect. And then some mishap happens and then, you know, hilarity or adventure ensues and, and they're sticking with that here. So um, I just, I can't wait to see this. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So um, it's, I feel like it's the biggest land type addition um, that I've looked forward to since galaxy's edge, which I mean, I know Garrett galaxy's edge is the newest one, but I mean, I, I get as excited about seeing this in the ride as I was with galaxy's edge. Um, just because I'm, I'm so excited to see what this roller coaster is like, you know, we're, we're we're thrill ride people. So, and it's huge. Like people don't understand. It's like the largest indoor roller coaster ever created. So it basically, it basically the building that houses this attraction has the same square footage as four times that of spaceship earth. So you see that huge ball there and you know how big that is that the inside of the building is four times the size of what spaceship earth is. So yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy amazing and I can't wait to see it. Um, I can't wait to ride it. Yeah. Hope, well, it says summer and I'm hoping we, we also have a trip planned in March. So, you know, I'm hoping that mm-hmm. maybe, maybe there'll be a soft opening by then. would be amazing. We don't know. We don't know. So they said summer. So, you know, they said fall for uh, Ratatouille and it was October mm-hmm. 1st. So, yeah <laughs> so you never know yeah. cool so we do have yeah. um a little bit of disney news to talk about before we uh wrap up our episode yeah um 
I mean, we figured it was probably coming because it came to Disney World. So um, Disney Genie and Genie Plus are now available at Disneyland as of December 8th. Um, so that's exciting. Um, we've been led to believe it's working the same. It's going to work the same way as it does um, at Walt Disney World uh, with the paid attractions and everything. So uh, keep a lookout for more information on that. With it being new technology to Disneyland, we've seen the Lightning Lane signs put up, but you just don't ever know how new technology is going to work. So. Um, be patient. Um, you know, Disneyland is something that we feel like everybody needs to go experience once because it is the original park. Um, or so more it's exciting to see that. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's exciting to see Disney genie and genie plus coming to, uh, to Disneyland to help out with the, the navigation of the park. Um, the max pass was great. Um, and if you guys have been to Disneyland, you understood that you had to pay for the max pass ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So the genie and genie plus really isn't that big of a deal. It's not that big of a difference for for people right. that used to go to Disneyland quite often. Well, and so the biggest differences between the two is well, at Walt Disney World, the regular Genie Plus is $15 per person per day. Um, and there are two attractions in each park that are not included that require individual lightning lane access. Uh, at Disneyland, it's actually going to be $20 per person per day. Um, and there are only three attractions out there that are not included that require individual lightning lane. So they are... Um, they are Rise of the Resistance, um, the Web Slingers, and what was the other one? There was one other one. Oh, uh, Cars. Cars. So two at Disney, Disney yeah. California Adventure, uh, the Cars attraction and um, Web Slingers, and then just Rise of the Resistance at Disneyland. Um, but they do also include the PhotoPass photos at Disneyland for that extra $5, which doesn't include at Walt Disney World. So a couple of little changes, some little variations, but... Um, you know, it, people were used to Max Pass out there, so I think it's still going to be popular. It's very similar to what Max Pass was. Yeah, yeah. And we got some more Disneyland news um, that we're we're excited about because we love the after hours events and things at Disneyland. I mean, Disney World. Um, but Disneyland has just announced that after uh, Disneyland After Dark events are returning to the Disneyland Resort in 2022. So that's exciting, and I know you've got some dates great. and some more information on that. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple different types of of nights that they're having. So Disneyland after dark starts off with the sweetheart nights. So uh, this is like all the couples characters and things like that. Uh, This is uh, early February through mid February at Disneyland park. And then uh, starting in March, there's a couple nights where it's uh, Disney after dark villains night. And that is done over at Disney's California adventure. And then going into May, um, you have Disneyland After Dark Star Wars Night. So that's at Disneyland Park, obviously with Galaxy's Edge, things going on over there. Um, I would love to be able to go and do one of those. You know, we talk quite a bit about the After Hours Party um, and how much we really enjoy those. Uh, I believe this will come to Disney World very soon, too. Um, the After yeah. Hours parties are coming back. They just they did it with the um, Halloween and Christmas party, so uh, I don't see why the, the other villains parties and um, things won't be coming back to Disney World. But yeah, great to see those coming back. Yeah. A lot of fun things you can do. Um, you know, and they bring out special characters and things that you don't see in the mm-hmm. parks all the time for those nights. So Villains Night is going to have a lot of really cool villains. Star Wars, I'm sure, is going to have all the Star Wars characters out. Uh, you know, and then Sweethearts Nights, it's all the little couples and stuff. So cool different reasons to go and experience the different nights and the different themes and um, check out Disneyland. Disneyland is a great, great resort to go and check out. 
yeah, I'm trying to get out there in 2022. So we'll, we'll see how that works. Um, but I've yeah. got a lot of things planned already that I need to make sure I can do first. So, um, mainly the Disney wish that that is my goal for 2022. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, we mentioned, um, Remy's Ratatouille, uh, the, the adventure, um, in the New France Pavilion uh, being open and guests loving that. Well, we've gotten news, and I don't know why. I just thought this was happening already, but guests attending extended evening hours at Epcot can now experience Remy's Ratatouille Adventure along with some of the other attractions. I kind of thought that was already happening based on Mm -hmm. if you're at a deluxe resort, you get a 30-minute extended window to ride attractions at night. Um, So it's it's good to see that you can now do that at Epcot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, those extended evening hours, though, too, are for deluxe guests and deluxe villa guests. Only. Only. So keep that in mind. So if you're staying at a moderate or a value resort, um, that's not necessarily available to you. So, yeah. So I guess it's incentive to start looking at those deluxe resorts. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's super nice if you're standing, you know, staying at the deluxe resorts right next to Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, like uh, Yacht Club, Beach Club, Boardwalk. I mean, you walk over there, you ride that at, mm-hmm. you know, park closes at 10 o'clock, you ride it at 10.05, and then you walk right back to your resort. So. Yeah, yeah. Great options over there. Yeah. Uh, another thing for Walt Disney World, we did get a first look at the captain of the Halcyon. So we talked about this before. They released some of the characters that are going to be on the Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, and so we have the captain and so they got a first look at a little more information about her, um, you know, some photos of her on the bridge of the Halcyon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's cool. They're trying what they can to really, um, bring these characters to life and get people excited about going to experience like, like we needed excitement around the Galactic Star Cruiser, <laughs> but, um, I, I think it's really cool. I don't think we needed more excitement. I think we just needed to know a little bit more of what we're getting for the price. Yeah. So, so March 1st, um, you know, voyages yeah. start March 1st. So that's what, three and a half months away. So it's not very far. Yeah, it's not very far. It's two and a half months away. It's March 1st, two and a half months. So yeah. it's, it's getting close. So I, that's one of those that I can't wait to try and experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, well, lots of good things going on. Um, it's, it's exciting to be able to talk about all the things coming and going on versus all the things that are closing. Uh, which we, I felt like we spent a lot of our podcast talking about up to this point. <laughs> so the last yeah, several months yeah. have been really nice to talk about all the different things opening and coming finally. And, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit next time uh, when we talk about Magic Kingdom and the and changes, but we still don't have a whole lot of information on Tron and that disappoints me, but there's still so many good things to look forward to on your next vacation. Yeah. And so many great 50th anniversary celebration things that, you know, it yeah. started October 1st, but this is an 18 month long celebration. So you have all of 2022 and early 2023, um, you know, to be able to go and experience all the 50th anniversary items and, and details that are yep. going on and um, yep. totally going to be worth Add a it. couple extra days to your trip. If you, uh, if you're one of those that has to do everything, add a couple of days because this 50th anniversary things really add to you, mm-hmm. to the, to the amount of time that you're going to be in the parks. Yeah. So. Very cool. All right. I think that just about does it for this episode. So obviously we want to thank you guys for listening and joining us. We appreciate you guys so much. You don't even know. Uh, so join us next week as we take a short break from the series to have a little fun. Um, we're going to be joined by a guest or two and make a wish list for Santa on Christmas Eve. So that sounds kind of fun. 
Uh, and as you know, we are your mouse experts. We're here to help answer all your Disney Universal questions and help you prepare for that next magical vacation, wherever the destination may be. Uh, and if you enjoyed this show, please share it with uh, anybody you know that might like it as well and uh, help us grow our audience. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode when they drop. Um, but send us an email. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, what's going on at Epcot that is something you're looking forward to? Um, anything that you still miss, maybe that we forgot to talk about? Um, we love hearing from you guys. So reach out, uh, contact us. All of our information is available in the show description. I'm excited for the uh, to create a, a Disney wish list for Santa because there's so many things that I'm going to be like, Santa, I want you to bring this to the parks. But I know I... You know, probably only get one or two things that are going to be my must. So yeah. uh, that's going to be that's going to be a fun episode. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, as it, as we always do, we end every episode with a quote, and um, this quote is: "The strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack." And that's from Jungle Book. And I, I think that's very fitting because I like to surround myself with uh, strong-minded people um, like me. That's going to help me. Uh, get to the goals that I want to, you know, want to reach. And, you know, Alan, you're part of that pack. And there's several other agents that, you know, Becky and Summer and so, you know, Leslie and uh, Mike Carnes. And so it's, you know, I just felt like that's very fitting because I'm a pack minded person. Like I love being a part of a group um, for the better good. And um, yeah, that, I, when I came across that quote, I was like, I want to use this one this week. I like it. So Yeah. I think that was from the live action Jungle Book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But very, very good. Yeah. You know, yep. oftentimes we're stronger together. So hang in yep. there. Yep. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. Get your wish list ready. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.